0: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: The Minnesota Timberwolves got their most important victory of the season uh, last night, especially when you look around and see what else happened. Utah lost one at Atlanta, despite the way that that was a Timberwolf-like loss against a very mediocre Atlanta team. They went down there and lost. Portland got crunched. Denver had a bad loss. So it was a great night for the Timberwolves. But was anybody happy? Manny, was anybody back there <laughs> happy about this victory? Anybody happy? Towns got 30. Wiggins made five out of five on threes and actually was reported to have made some uh, outstanding defensive plays. Nobody's happy. Everybody's upset because of the fact Towns played 41 minutes and Wiggins played 39 or 40. Three days from now, when they had to play again, they're going to be all tired out. Is that is that the theory?
2: That is, uh, well, it, it, you know my favorite my favorite line from my guy, Zach Harper, that uh, the Timberwolves could win the NBA title and people would complain about the, uh, the parade route. The parade route, route. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, yeah, I mean, last night, I mean, they got the win and it was fine. I will say it's like, okay, you're up. Okay, Tibbs, you're up by 20 and there's two minutes left. Take the guys out of the game. Why?
1: Let him get thirty. Let him get thirty. What the hell? They did take him out. Actually, I thought he came out with two seventeen to go or something like that.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Towns was in for until about. A minute and a half left. And I mean, Teague, Teague was like the first starter to come out. And I mean, he, he played great last night. Where
1: are, where is, where are all the Teague complainants? The last time I heard anyone been mention, quiet lately. The last time I heard anyone mention Teague was when he went 0 for 12 that night and he was the worst player in the history of man. Now that he's playing pretty good, uh, nobody ever mentions him anymore.
2: And, and overall, too, Pat, Teague has had a really good year. Like overall, he's had some clunkers here and there, but. Everybody on the team has had at least one or two clunkers over the course of the season, and but if you look at the overall product, like Teague's been fine, so people really don't have have a leg to stand on as far as complaining about you know him being a bad player or anything. He's he's been good this year.
1: Okay, I have a uh, I have a new theory on basketball fans,
2: especially NBA fans. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Viking fans think they're experts, right? Are you with me, Reavers? Here, you guys with? Oh, me? Oh, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. But they'll admit when they're wrong once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, You'll admit okay, when they're wrong. Sure. They'll admit okay. when they're wrong. You know, they'll, they'll admit that, okay, by about you know halfway through the year, this team can't go anywhere with Case Keenum, right? But wasn't that the halfway through the year? They were going to be limited, it? yes. There, yeah, that they was couldn't it, do yep. anything. They'll be lucky to make the playoffs. And by the end, they said, Oh, well, he's not the reason we're going to lose. You know, he's, he's pretty dang good. So they can admit they're wrong. Twins players can—I mean, Twins fans—they can, they can admit they're wrong quite often, right? I mean, look in the standings. Last year, we thought they were going to be terrible, and they went to the playoffs. The year before, we thought they were going to be good, and they went uh, and they lost more games than they ever lost. So there's a lot of baseball. The season lasts so long, you can change your mind on a lot of things, right? You're you're permitted to change your mind in baseball. In fact, I have a very
0: good friend that was very dismissive of the Twins making the playoffs all throughout summer last year and finally yes, came around yes,
1: to it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, he did. He kept saying that, uh, well, it wasn't that person's fault that everybody stopped chasing right?
3: Nobody, nobody. Stopped.
1: Kansas City, we gave up. I wasn't the only one who gave up, by the way. There's a guy named Falvey and Levine who gave up <laughs> <That's> two. <laughs> they gave up two. So anyway, so they'll admit they're wrong, and yeah. I'll admit I was wrong. Uh hockey fans, uh, they, you know, they're I don't know, they they go with the wind, right? But basketball fans, NBA fans, at least in our town, will never admit they're wrong. Yeah. Never admit they're wrong. They'll never admit they were wrong about Teague for Rubio. They'll never admit they were wrong about uh, anything. They won't. They won't admit. They won't admit they were wrong about anything. <laughs> Wiggins is terrible, and when Wiggins makes five out of five shots, he's still terrible, right? He's. I mean, he's,
2: he didn't get uh, enough rebounds.
1: Yeah, he did. But he, you he know he what? Didn't.
0: I, I uh. will say this though: in watching the game last night, and again, I, I'm I'm very casual with the Timberwolves. I love basketball, but the NBA just kind of turns me off for a number of things. But anyway, watching the game last night. Watching the effort that Wiggins played with last night, and the, and it, you, it was a noticeable difference that you saw from him and last you just night. Want that to be more consistent. exactly? That's yeah. what that's what I think yeah. most Timberwolves fans would love to see more consistently
1: than just once every ten or fifteen games. I think that's what frustrates but, Wolves fans. Here's the thing, though. But but you always think it's effort, right? You always think that a guy he didn't make any shots tonight because he wasn't trying. Okay, he was wasn't giving it the proper effort, but a baseball player goes zero for eight. So we don't say ah, he's not giving it the effort. So I mean, yeah, he does uh, the he does float on occasion, but he's uh, he is not the he does not deserve to be reviled as much as he's been reserved as as much as he's been I would reviled. agree with that. Yeah. It's not his fault they decided to pay him one hundred forty-eight million, right? It's but like Joe, they, yeah. Joe, they gave him 184 million. Uh, you know that. What was he going to say? Hell no, I can't take that much. You know. So anyway, it's uh, they 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 will not admit they are wrong about anything. Timberwolves fans, and when you have your best game, your most important victory of the year, and uh, now not over against a great team. Obviously, they should beat the Clippers at home, uh, but and all you can do is bitch about Carl Anthony Towns playing 41 minutes when mm-hmm. there's 3 days between now and his next in the, the next game
2: the only thing i will say to that though pat is as far as like last night goes what what are what are towns and wiggins learning by playing garbage time with sam decker no, and west th- johnson i think, I think johnson. we're
1: padding our there, we're padding stats but does that really? But
2: does that really matter? Like, do they need to do that? Like, I'm not. But, but, I'm, the, I'm, but I'm if more... he does,
1: if he plays three minutes less, what have you accomplished?
2: Is what I'm saying that
1: that somehow people are suggesting that if they get to the playoffs, Towns will not have as much energy because he played three more minutes on March, whatever
2: the hell yesterday was. Here, here's what I will say though: if if they're up. 18 points with two minutes left, and Towns is still in the game, and he gets hurt, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Somebody
1: brought up Derrick Rose getting hurt in the playoff game when he shouldn't have been on the court. Well, yeah. you know, Derrick Derek Rose played seven minutes last night, and he sprained his ankle. So, <laughs> you know. That's, yeah. to me you can't
2: that's but you know like that's what oh, sure, that's what sure, that's sure. exactly what that's that is say, yeah. that
1: is what the explanation is that's that's what i received <laughs> last night as i started telling these people to... uh, uh i i told the one guy that he yep. had a viking thing and was in his I said, just go kiss some purple butt and leave me alone. Right. You know, on Twitter, or so like that. I don't really follow the, the Clip- minute, police. Yeah,
0: right. The, the, I don't follow the Clippers that much. Did they get better after they traded mm-hmm. Griffin?
2: Yeah, I mean, they, they've they've been they about are. the same.
1: Doc Rivers has had a hell of a year coaching this. Coach.
2: Yeah, they're they're not. They, really they've overachieved. Okay, like, yes. they should okay. not. They they've they've. I'm amazed that they've been hanging around the playoff race for this long, especially after they traded Blake away and
1: Hey, I didn't look. How bad was the Houston Portland thing? How bad did Houston beat them? Uh, Out in Portland.
2: Yeah, they, they, I, I think it, it was I think it was by more than 10. Hard uh, apparently
1: uh the uh Blazers had one of the nights when none of the three-pointers went in. Yeah,
2: That's I a bad combination. Dame and uh and CJ McCollum, I think they combined for 0 for 12 from 3, Woo! which is I mean, right. you're going to lose if that happens. So,
1: and wait. Till, uh hey, wait. Are we going to now feed Wiggy behind the line now that he's five for five? Or is that good? If he's in gonna the corner.
2: That? If he's shooting him from the corner, hey, you know he'll do okay. In corner there. three. So, that was yeah. Tibbs.
1: Anyway, Tibbs, I congratulate you. Even though every other Timberwolves idiot fan in the, the town does not. So, we'll be back. Twins uh, getting ready to play Pittsburgh here in uh, 45 minutes. Uh, the game is on uh, FSN back home, right?
0: Yes, five o'clock, baby.
1: And uh, I see that uh, Atterbury and Josh Wetzel are doing the radio. Josh is in here from Rochester, and uh, we got the we got the Duke uh, Bremer and uh, Bert on the TV cast, and the new ASPN crew uh, is here practicing. And then they're going to do tomorrow, tomorrow night's game with the Yankees as a national telecast. And that could mean, even though I wouldn't be here, but that could mean they actually, is that a day game or night game? Tomorrow, tomorrow
0: I know? thought was a they, day game. It, it, it I'll, look it, day I'll game. look it up. It must be
1: a day game. I guess it's the national game of some kind but uh that would indicate that maybe because ESPN's cameras are here you might get uh judge and stanton and at least some of the boys to show up. Oh now. sure, yeah. Did that would be that? quite a bonus for uh that would be quite a bonus for uh the uh the the fans who have sold out the ballpark for tomorrow's game. Twins uh what three straight here at home and uh, I think they're all sold out so uh for the, to end the uh In the year. Uh, Before the uh, workout today, about two o'clock, Jorge Polanco uh, talked to his mates for the first time because Monday they had a road game to Bradenton and the, the fallout of it was still going on. Tuesday, they were off. They had an off day here yesterday. And now today, they got the night game. So he just talked to them briefly. And then Molitor said something, too, at a team meeting. But that was it. Polanco was still in the clubhouse in his uni when we went in there about uh, 2.15 or so. Now, when does he have to be uh, away from the team? Right now. Okay. He's he's basically moving across the... uh, the parking lot, and he can work out at the Twins minor league facility. Okay, and he will be doing that until he gets a 20-day rehab, I guess. So, uh, whenever 80 games, and you know, if you get rainouts and uh, that, that pushes the schedule back, it pushes the uh, the
0: suspension back. It pushes
1: the suspension. Really, back. I didn't yeah, know that. 80 games. Yes. So he can go over and work out at the uh minor league complex. He can play in those uh spring the, the extended spring training games. Those are the kids that don't make one of the uh teams, you know, one of the mm-hmm. A teams. Uh they four teams leave here, right? And then they don't really the rookie league teams aren't staffed with players until after the draft basically Elizabethton and uh the gulf coast league team down there so they have what they call extended spring these are the 18 year old kids a lot of them uh, from latin america who don't make a team you know they don't make either fort myers or cedar rapids So they stay down there and play these extended spring games against other teams with extended, with extra players, and they play on a field over here. He can play in those games because they don't really count for anything. There's no standings kept or anything. And then he can go out on a 20 day rehab. But, uh, beyond that, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's basically, out of luck and he does he loses his major league salary. I wonder if they they could probably pay him a minor league per diem. I I don't even know if they could do that. But this kid is he just he's a he's a new dad. I think the baby's like 5 months old now, Jorge Jr. and he's making no money, you know, he was making league 6 minimum 615, 620, 6 something. He has to give the he has to he lose ha, he loses half of that. So, uh, he definitely is going to have to make a comeback here to uh, revitalize his career once, so, uh, once this thing's over.
0: So, because of this, um, I, I don't think that there should be any uh, roster surprises. But if, if Sanoa is also suspended, will there be a, 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 a roster addition that we're not seeing right now? Uh,
1: I already heard that uh, I heard today secondhand that they're going to sign IBAR. They have until the 25th. What's today? Uh, Today's the twenty first. Twenty first. Twenty first. Okay, they have till the twenty fifth. Which would be uh, Sunday. Sunday, which is when they leave here. I mean, they leave here Monday morning, but the last game, they have till the twenty fifth, and they probably won't do it officially till the twenty fifth unless he got hurt, you know, or something. Mm -hmm. And you know, then they then they could get out of it. But uh, yeah, Sano. Now here's a here's a theory on Sunil. Tomorrow is the Twins. 30 for 30, 30 teams in 30 days. Oh, that for
0: MLB Network, yeah? Yes,
1: day. And it's also ESPN broadcast day. I'm not sure that Major League Baseball or the Twins would want the entire day being spent on Jorge Polanco and perhaps Miguel Sano getting suspended. For yeah, five, that'd be a bad look for the 10. old uh, squad. So I gotta, we're going to get a verdict here. This weekend, but I got a hunch it might be Friday. Friday or Saturday, right? <laughs> yeah, Friday, maybe Friday. Uh,
0: maybe by the way, Friday. yeah, one o'clock tomorrow against the Yankees. One o'clock Friday against the Strows at uh, Hammond Stadium. Yeah, I
1: got a hunch that uh, they're going uh, to, they because you know the the MLB crew's here all day tomorrow, right. so they probably uh, don't want to say uh, here we are, the Twins with right. all their Let's talk accuracy. suspensions. I did not, you know, I I, sh- I showed myself to uh, be kind of gutless today. I was only in the clubhouse for 10 minutes because they kept moving things around because of Polanco talking to him and stuff. I saw Lance Lynn over there, and I just said, you know, I should go over and ask him what he thinks of Alec Cobb getting a four-year contract (laughs) for, uh, what, 14 a year? Something like that. It was like 56 total, yeah. Yeah, uh, 14 a year. Uh, if he wishes, he'd waited, but I said, ah, hell, that's a beat writer's job. A fat old columnist doesn't have to do that, right? If they want to know, they can go ask. That it, is right?
0: an odd development, though, than the fact that it was right, such Atlantic a soft Lance, market. But what? Lance Lynn's a better pitcher. They'll, I do, too.
2: Yeah.
1: Everybody, the, the word down here is Baltimore was bidding against itself. The Baltimore, Philadelphia, and the Twins were the three most teams, most in on those pitchers, and... Philadelphia then went and got Arianna Yep. after the Twins signed Lynn. And now Cobb gets the best deal, the longest term deal of all of them. And he's the worst pitcher of the three, right? Is Cobb the a twins Boris guy? got the. I don't think so. Because Boris not... is a magician oh, when sure. it comes yeah, to a team he... bidding against Holden themselves. Out. Yeah, yeah. He's, he might have gotten. And the Orioles, this is, you know, Machado's last year, mm-hmm. basically. Adam Jones, I think, is a free agent, too. I think they're like trying to convince the folks, come on out and watch us this year. We're trying for it because after this year, baby, we gonna stink. We gonna we're <laughs> gonna start off. We're gonna be one of those uh, tankers. So come on out and watch us, and then we'll uh, take our chances. So anyway, yeah, he got a hell of a deal, Cobb. Considering I, I from what I heard, and I didn't hear this directly. I heard it again this second hand. That the twins didn't like Cobb that well; that they weren't that in on yeah. it. They, they don't. They they thought Lynn was a better pitcher.
0: I was reading that of their choices, it was Darvish one, Cobb two, and then Arietta was third. I forget. Was Who it Nightingale that wrote that, that, that? that? I think when when the Twins for the, uh, the off season outlook, this was you know months
1: ago that the no, speculation they didn't, was that, they didn't, They weren't that big on Cobb. I don't think. I don't I think, think so they either. Like Lynn, I think they uh, well. They were they were they weren't going to get any of them until uh, Lynn said, "You'll come here for twelve, and probably make fourteen if he pitches a certain amount of innings." Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, they're uh, they're winding her down here. All right, we'll be back. The great Brandon Lang when we get back. A Sweet Sixteen starts tomorrow. With some unappealing games. But, uh, Brandon Lang from BrandonLang.com is back with us. Brandon, we're here for your opinion, but I want you to give you, I want to give you mine first. Are you ready?
3: Yes, fire in the hole. Let's go.
1: That was some of the worst basketball I've ever seen last week. The college, the, the quality of play, generally speaking, was horrendous
3: i wouldn't go that far um i i think when you look at this tournament as a whole and what it represents it it rep you're gonna get bad basketball because it's conferences matching but overall it it represents the big upset the buzzer beater kids showing the emotion um and once again we captured that you know the the Houston Michigan final, both games yes. involving Loyola Chicago, the 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 subplot storylines of kids that otherwise we would never hear about, or teams we'd never hear about, or or kids that make shots that in that school's alumni history, their life is is much different than 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 what it would would have been. You know, there's a great piece on Sports Center the other day that if Louisville had beaten Virginia, you know, remember Louisville was up. Sure was up with 0.9 second, nine tenths of a second to go. Yes. up Up two. All they have to do is inbound the ball. They win the game. And the guy, the ref tells him he can't run the baseline, hands the ball, he runs the baseline. Um, if Louisville wins that game, Virginia's not the overall number one. Louisville's in the tournament. And you never hear of UMBC. That's true. I day, agree with just, you. It, it's a domino effect of, well, now you have heard of UMBC. Now it's, the biggest upset in college basketball history so at the end of the day it is what it is and uh i'll tell you what um when you break down this year's tournament and what's going on it's going to be a, another great sweet 16
1: i agree with uh the the thrills at the end but to me it doesn't always make up for 38 minutes of ugliness which we no, uh, that's
3: true. and if you watch the The UMBC game—if you watched it against um, Kansas State—that was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen (laughs) in my life.
1: All righty. So, favorites and underdogs. What were of the uh, of the uh, uh, forty-eight games over the weekend? How many uh, favorites covered?
3: Well, no one's asked me that question yet, so I don't know. But Mm -hmm. I can, you know, off the top of my head, tell you it was a it was a was a dog run tournament. A lot more dogs and favorites. I know that for a fact. Um, you know, you had a lot of a lot of dogs cover. I believe of the of the forty eight games, I would venture to say, just off the top of my head, you probably had thirty thirty two to thirty five dogs.
1: Hey, Brandon, how how did you know a guy? You're looking for form entering a tournament, right? You're looking for form. How can you say? How can you figure out form? Nevada was behind San Diego State fifty-five to twenty-five at halftime of their last game before the tournament. AM had was threw half their players off the team through the course of the year. Texas Tech was terrible down the stretch. It would it had to be tough for a handicapper, man.
3: Well, I'll explain all three of those for you. Nevada, okay. if you look at their run here, they got Two really favorable matchups that allowed them to make this run. Texas was a really good matchup for them, uh, and they came back to win that. Cincinnati, who struggles on offense at times, was a really good matchup for them. Um, but now they face a loyalist Chicago team that, in my opinion, is a bad matchup for them. Um, you look at AM, they too found themselves with a couple of great matchups. They, they, they have a zone against Providence, which Providence just couldn't get it going offensively, and then they faced the North Carolina team that that they just out-muscled in the paint and was a good matchup for North Carolina. And with that being said, I'll segue right into the Michigan game as well as A&M matched up against Providence and North Carolina, in my opinion, is as poorly as they match up against Michigan. I don't know if you watched the Big Ten tournament, but the championship game, Michigan just dissected Purdue, um, and they'll do much of the same to Texas A&M because Michigan will we'll spread them out and do what they did against Purdue. Michigan plays big teams very well because they have five guys on the floor that all can shoot the three, and, and Botner's a, a matchup night for, for any big that's got to go away from the basket. And then your other big's got to help when Botner gets penetration because he can dribble and handle the ball, and their point guards. You can't stay in front of uh, their point guards. So Michigan's a great, great matchup for Texas A&M.
1: I loved Michigan going into the tournament because I'm a big beeline guy and I love the way they play in the Big Ten tournament, but if we haven't seen their A game. Maybe we're going to see it this weekend, huh?
3: Yeah, but, but again, if you look at, you know, Michigan and, and you know, they, 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 they played a feisty Montana team and handled them, covered the ten and a half, 161, 47. And don't discount what they did against Houston. That was a really good Houston team with a really good point guard, probably the most underrated point guard in gray in the country that nobody knew anything about. He led that team all year long. They're gritty, they're tough, and they play hard. That was Calvin Sampson's fault for not putting a man on the ball and allowing them just like, you know, Patino did against Duke, not putting someone on the ball in that Christian Leitner shot. Winner team's going to realize you got to put a guy on the ball. You can't give him a free throw. But they did, and they paid for it. So... Um, I'm, I'm high on Michigan getting to the Final Four now.
1: Are you a Bayheim guy in the in the tournament? I mean, uh, Michigan State. What they miss? their last 14 shots against that zone. Do you how do how do you read Bayheim?
3: That's you know what that's that's Iso's fault. Why he would not put Bridges in the center of that zone and allow Bridges to handle the ball inside out. He just lets Bridges fire those threes on the perimeter, and I just thought that was a huge mistake. But Michigan State struggled against zones all year. But I'll go to my grave saying if he moves Bridges into the middle of that zone and allows Bridges to operate a la Magic Johnson from that middle of that zone, catch, he can drive, he can shoot, he can dish. I mean, it's why I didn't see that is amazing to me, huge upset. I think they'll play Duke tough, but Duke handled them pretty easily in their first meet and beat them, I think, 60-44. At Duke, they held Virginia, I think, to 29% from the floor, 24% from three. I just think it's a bad matchup for, for Syracuse. All those shooters, you got Bagley in the middle, uh, to do what Izzo didn't do with Bridges, as well as Syracuse matched up in their first three games. They don't match up with Duke.
1: Brandon Lang is, uh, with us, uh, so, do you, you did you know this was going to be a tough tournament when your UCLA guys got beat right out of the shoot?
3: Yeah, it kind of you know. There's no rhyme or reason this business when you're a handicapper like myself. To the, I lost with UCLA on Tuesday, came back with Texas Southern. Nice call on Wednesday. Lost a tough one with Virginia Tech Thursday. Providence right down to the wire. Lost that boy a point on Friday, and then Saturday I lost Florida by a point and a half. So ouch, ouch, ouch. <laughs> and just when people want to jump off the bandwagon and think the Titanic has hit Armageddon, I come back and give you a thirty-point, thirty-one-point winner on Clemson Sunday. A twenty-nine-point winner with North Texas on Monday, and Penn State out right over Marquette on Tuesday. So. What you learn with me is don't ever jump off the boat, man, <laughs> because we're just one play away from going from the outhouse to the penthouse.
1: Brandon Lang, BrandonLang dot com. You like Clemson again? I mean, well, they, they'll give Kansas is overrated. I think Clemson will give a hard game. Don't you think?
3: I agree with you. The thing about that, Clemson lost their big man, and they haven't really needed him in their first two games. But against Kansas, with the with the interior depth and the height that Kansas has and as well as the guard play for Kansas. Much like I say that Texas A&M, it's a, Michigan's a bad matchup for them. Kansas might be a bad matchup for Clemson. But listen, I won the money I needed to win on Clemson. Um, for me on <laughs> Friday, I think the two best bets that I really like, first of all, I love Villanova. If West Virginia gets turnovers, they're in basketball games. If they don't get turnovers, they struggle. And one thing Villanova does not do They don't turn the ball over. I think that's a tough game for West Virginia. I love Villanova minus the points. And last but not least, I'm going to drink it. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. Chris Beard beat Purdue in this tournament two years ago with a point guard that you couldn't stop. He's got another point guard. Nobody seems to be able to stop. Haas is out for Purdue. I'll drink the Kool-Aid with Texas Tech. And my answer to you when you brought those three teams up about ten minutes ago, Texas Tech was banged up down the stretch. Evans had a toe injury. Two other people were out uh, banged up. They're healthy. Evans is healthy. The time off helped him. Uh, Text a different team right now than they were down the stretch.
1: Uh, Purdue, uh, yeah, without Haas, uh, you, you, that that's the only that's the only region that's really got all the boys left in it, too, isn't it? Although got yeah, uh, yeah, Kansas and uh, Duke are in there too.
3: So. Yeah, I'm held held pretty true to form, but. Villa, Duke, Duke, will, Duke will handle Kansas. Duke's got the guard play to, to take care of Kansas, but the problem facing Duke is they can, just like Tom Izzo can't beat Coach K, Coach K can't beat Jay Wright. So Villanova goes to the Final Four, and then Villanova will probably play Michigan in the Final, and uh, you can crown Villanova your national champ.
1: All right. I like West Virginia, though. I know you've you got good reasons for not liking them, but I like the meanness that they play with.
3: I always like Huggies' teams, though. They're just not. They're, when they play really good teams, there's a reason why West Virginia can't beat Kansas. Bill Self hasn't lost to Bobby Huggins yet, and there's a reason why. Because when West Virginia plays smart teams, they're not the sharpest tools in the shed. They're in the shed, but they're just they don't play like the sharpest tools in the shed. So... Illinois is pretty smart bunch of boys. Kansas
1: State, the worst team left.
3: Yeah, they're, that's another game that I think ends up being a twenty-point burial. I really like Kentucky a lot. They're just uh, they're on a roll. They're on an absolute roll. You got to look at it this way: if Davidson doesn't hit that late three um, against uh, against Kentucky, they've covered nine of their last ten games. That's how hot they are against the spread right now. Keep an eye on Kentucky.
1: How was uh, Vegas over the weekend? Happened?
3: Uh, unbelievable! Ridiculous! But that you had you had a couple of games that brought men to their knees. You had the the end of the Kansas Seton Hall game that there was a three point game. Kansas was laying four and a half. Uh, Seton Hall's got the ball. Uh, they inbound. Seton Hall gets called for an offensive foul. Kansas makes two free throws. Um, Seton Hall comes down down five three at the buzzer. Lose by two, cover the number. That, <laughs> destroyed, that destroyed lives in Vegas, and the other one was um, was what was it? There was a two buzzer beaters at the buzzer. Uh, Miami went to the line up one with two free throws, lane one and a half, and uh, a kid missed, and then the loyal Chicago hit the jumper at the buzzer. Um, so yeah, I, I said on your show, you want to see grown man, grown men brought to their knees crying? Just hang out on the sportsbook Thursday, Friday, the NCAA tournament.
1: Okay, i got one last big-picture question for you. Uh, uh, Bill Pullian, a man whose uh, enormous ego can never be satisfied, and uh, the, the Ebershall kid, they're telling us they're going to try to start a football league a year before uh, uh, Vince McMahon starts his league. Will a second-rate football league ever get bet heavily out in Vegas?
3: No. It'll get bet, but not heavily.
1: Yeah, because they don't know. There'll be
3: action. There'll be people walking up betting it, thinking they can handicap it. But bottom line, I'm Brandon Lang, and if I don't release it, it's not worth releasing.
1: (laughs) All right, sir. Hey, do you do golf? You don't do golf, do
3: you? No, I'm baseball, basketball, football. The majors, I'll put some stuff out for the majors. Um, So everyone's all high on Tiger Woods. I'll say yeah. it again. Tiger Woods ain't winning the Masters. Tiger Woods isn't winning the Major this year. Tiger Woods, dude, everyone gets all hyped up. He's done. He may play well. <laughs> he may. He may lead you to believe he's back. But here's the problem. The guys that Tiger Woods is competing against now are so much better than the guys he was competing against back then. If an 18-year-old Tiger Woods came on tour right now and had to battle these guys, he'd be lucky to win half of what he won. Yes, he'd won, he'd win, and he'd have a lot of success, but the guys on tour now, exercise. Turn on the first page of a PGA Tour Tournament leaderboard on Thursday. There's guys on there you have never heard of in your life. That's the depth of the talent on the PGA Tour now. Tiger's going to have runs. He's going to get you all excited. But at the end of the day... He ain't winning.
1: And that's why you are Brandon Lang, and we're happy to have you, sir. Thank you very much.
3: Thanks, big dog. All right,
1: BrandonLang.com. You know what he is? What? He's candid. And he also gave us
0: the home run million dollar line. If Brandon Lang ain't handicapping it, you ain't betting on it. (laughs) No. That is a permanent soundbite on this show. That is
1: not worth betting
0: on. Good job, Big Dog. (laughs)
1: Yes, he (laughs) is. That's so awesome. (laughs) I think you guys should start calling me that. Big Big Dog. dog. Big Big Dog. dog. You know, Glenn Robinson, nobody forgets Nobody remembers him. I can be the new Big Dog. When Brandon
0: comes on, he takes your show from the outhouse to the penthouse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All righty. A uh, very interesting thing out of San Ho, uh, San Antonio. Why did I almost say San Antonio? Uh, apparently Kawhi Leonard, there were rumors last week he was coming back. Uh, Manu, he didn't show up for practice today. He showed up for the team photo today, but then left again. And Manu, uh, Manu Ginobili, uh, apparently has had enough. I don't know if you guys saw this. He no. said he's not coming back. Let's admit it to us ourselves. Let's stop talking about it. He's not coming back. He's not going to play for us this year. So the frustration of whatever is going on with uh, Kawhi Leonard has uh, reached its reached a boiling point. And as Manny, as we said earlier, the last place in the NBA you would expect something like this to happen.
2: Yeah. I mean, you just don't. We just never hear this type of stuff in San Antonio. And it's got to be something pretty. Pretty intense.
1: What was the injury? To,
0: to uh, well, he had the, he
2: had the injury that knocked him out of the playoffs last year when, when oh, uh, Zaza yeah, stepped on his right. foot. That's right. And then he had, um, I think it was a quad. It was I think it was a quad at the start of this year. Yeah. yeah so yeah, he I mean, he's, a, he's I been mean, banged he's- up. He
1: apparently will not play until he gets his max contract or something. Very weird. And the uh, Popovich said today uh, uh, he, he's tried to keep his composure here, but uh, you can, when uh, Ginobili comes out, you know that uh, they are extremely frustrated down there. With uh, he's because he's been cleared to play for what six weeks?
2: Or I think so. Like yeah,
1: that. yeah. He's just not playing. Uh, very, uh, very odd. Uh, so, uh, next time you're bad-mouthing, uh, Andrew Wiggins, at least he plays 82 games a year. Okay. Don't <laughs> complain about that. 82 games a year. I think he's missed one, right? Wiggins? I think he's missed one. Yeah. I think he's missed one game since he's been at Timberwolves.
2: Yeah. So, and uh, uh, I think it was last season, early missed, last season. Missed you know? one.
1: Yep. All right. We, uh, shall return this day in history. And if Manny found sound on this one, we're going to be very impressed.
0: This will be on the air. And now, this
3: day in history, Patrick... <laughs>
1: In 1952, uh, legendary disc jockey Alan Freed, the uh, self-styled father of rock and roll, put on the first ever rock concert. It was called the Moondog Show, and it was in Cleveland, and it was uh, near the Cleveland Arena. It was outside the Cleveland Arena, uh, and the main... Uh, acts, or of course you remember Paul Williams and his Hucklebuckers, don't oh, you? Who could forget? But this is Tiny Grimes, G R I M E S, and the Rocking Highlanders. Now it sounds more like uh, it sounds more like jazz, doesn't it, than rock and it roll? It does, yes. But here's what you got: you got to look up on YouTube, Tiny Grimes and the Rocking Highlanders a black instrumental group that performed in Scottish kilts. Wow. you got to watch these guys. This is fantastic. Uh, they had a big problem, though. There was massive ticket counterfeiting, and uh, 20,000 people showed up in an arena with a capacity of 10,000 and didn't buy their tickets, and they lost all kinds of money. Uh, but... Uh, Alan Freed still considers it a success because it got rock and roll. Rolling as a concert venue. We shall return. Seth Stowes will be here with us to talk about minor leagues with the Twins.